Welcome to the Retail Wire Podcast. The show bringing you the very best in expert analysis, insights, and discussions straight from some of the retail industry's leading experts. Whether you're a retailer looking to stay ahead of the curve, a supplier navigating the ever-changing retail landscape, or someone who just really loves retail, we've got you covered. Get ready. It's time for another great episode here on the Retail Wire Podcast. All right, so welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are here on another exciting episode of the Retail Wire podcast. And uh, joining me in the studio today, I've got Patricia Waldron. Uh, she is the founder of Vision First. Uh, she is also the contributing editor and a member of our brain trust, obviously, here at Retail Wire. And uh, we're really excited to have you with us. Uh, welcome to the show, Patricia. Thanks, Brian. It's, yeah. it's fun to be here. I've been in the Retail Wire ecosystem for many years, and it's a great organization. I'm happy to chat with you today. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, yeah, thanks for making time. I know, you know, you've, like you said, you've been with us for a long time. Um, you've actually got uh, a lot of experience. Uh, one of the biggest things I love hearing, I love, I love actually going through our content and reading your comments because you do really great at kind of casting that vision, which obviously I think plays into probably why you uh, why you came up with vision first. And uh, but but I would love to hear you know just just before we jump into all the the stuff with retail, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Uh, where'd you grow up? And uh, maybe tell us a little bit about where you're at now in life. Well, I'm coming to you today from sunny San Diego. I've lived here for ten years. Um, the climate and lifestyle just really suit me at this point. Um, my husband and I relocated here from Philadelphia. I um, grew up in Minnesota where it was cold and I escaped to Dallas, Texas as soon as I had a choice. Uh, when I met the Philly guy and got married, I spent many years on the East Coast and subsequently have landed here and become a big Padres fan. Nice. Yes, absolutely. And it's a gorgeous stadium out there too. I've, I've been to it a couple different times for games and uh, it's, it's beautiful, especially love that downtown area. It so. is a great place to live and I'm enjoying it totally. Yeah. Well, so that's awesome. Where did you, where'd you get started in retail? How did you launch out into such a, a crazy industry? Right. Um, it's interesting because I just saw an ad the night before on TV, and it was from McDonald's, and they they said they cited a statistic that said one in eight of every American has worked at a McDonald's. I think that's staggering, <laughs> right? Wow. I'm not one of the eight, but I did work in food service and in retail for many years, um, working through school and so forth, and um, I did have professional positions in retail as well in food and in specialty, in management positions in finance, IT, and um, operations. I switched over to the dark side and started working for vendors um, who provide retail technology solutions and services fairly early in my career and worked for a number of organizations. Um, I spent the bulk of it developing and marketing technology solutions that help retailers solve some of the most pressing problems. What was a problem that you saw, like in, in that uh, in that instance, what was a problem you saw over and over and over again? Um, that there's lots of different things, right? But often that there's a disconnect between IT and the business, right? So putting together 
what is the actual problem that you want to solve? And then how can you develop a solution to use it? And that kind of goes to the, um, I think what we look for in a lot of our discussions on Retail Wire and what I help a lot of clients with is what is it that you want to accomplish? And then how do we get there as opposed to saying, I want this activity or I want this widget. It's more about saying, okay, what do we want to accomplish and making the strategy and then the action plan to get there and then executing it and measuring the results. So for me, that's what you see over and over again is there's always kind of a disconnect especially in retail where it's a group, um, it's a group buy in a lot of ways, right? Especially for large solutions, you have one, more than one discipline or stakeholder involved in a sales cycle. So you're going to have multiple different points of view. So how do you bring them all together? How do you come up with a solution that's going to satisfy the needs internally, as well as for um, what they want to do for customers? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, that's perfect because you see that, like you said, you see it all the time. Where someone, you know, you ask them what they have in mind, what they, what do they want to accomplish, and they start naming off the tasks they want to do to get to that goal, but they don't stop to think what's that big picture goal that they're actually trying to bring about. And so, uh, mm-hmm. I think you know, it's it's really easy to get wrapped up in the day to day task management yeah. um, and lose sight of that bigger vision. So. So then you went off, you, you created uh, vision first and kind of, you know, is, is that, that's kind of the point of vision first, right? Is to help people develop that, that big picture goal for them and, um, and really just put all that knowledge to, to good use, right? Exactly. Most of my clients are in the retail or retail technology field, and um, they come to me to help them develop a brand and a strategy that makes them stand out from the crowd. A crowded marketplace and you have to determine what your what is your value proposition what are your competitive advantages um, is there a compelling reason for someone to purchase your services and then how do you go to market so for me it's more of a holistic uh, approach to determining what is the what is the goal articulating that and then how do you get there so what would you say is there one type of client or kind of an industry or field that you see, uh, you know, the, them having more struggles than others uh, or, or a more common struggle with one specific area? Uh, or is it kind of evenly spread across the board? I think all companies struggle with um, articulating their brand mm. value and then fulfilling on that brand promise regardless of if you're a small company, medium-sized company, whatever in a retail, whatever kind of lines of trade you have, whatever channels you go through, I think what your brand is has to be consistent and all your activities have to flow from what that brand value is, what you invest in, um, how you hire, how you manage your people, what products you offer. All of that has to come, your marketing, all of that has to come from the same, um, the same value system yeah. targeted at the different stakeholders. Do you think that that comes about because uh, because of such a fast-paced industry that people are trying, they, they get caught up maybe in uh, just trying to have all the answers all the time and constantly being on uh, instead of sometimes having that pause, that moment to kind of go back and reflect and, and really build that out with that vision in mind? I mean, do you think that it's just because they're so busy? 
I think there's a couple things. One, I think it has to be top down and leadership has to constantly inform and you have to follow your, your guiding principles. Two, yeah. I think our industry is extremely fast moving, low margin, constantly changing. Um, it is uh, vulnerable to economic cycles, to the latest viral thing on social media, the latest cool project. So a product that may come out, um, it is a very fast moving, low margin, high pressure um, situation. Yeah. Have there ever, ever been any clients that you had that just, um, and obviously don't say it, don't embarrass them, but that they just didn't get it and you kind of just had to move on from them or, or have you been able to be pretty successful in, in showing them the path uh, every time? Um, over the years when I was working in large corporations, um, you work with people all around the world and you can't satisfy everybody all the time, right? Um, from that perspective. And sometimes it's, um, there's just different goals and you don't have a matching of them. So sometimes yeah. you cannot fulfill what you'd like to fulfill and you need to come up with a resolution on how you're going to, how you're going to take that uh, and move forward with it. Whether you separate, whether you come to a compromise, sometimes people say a compromise means no one's happy, right? But yeah. if, if it's something everyone can live with, but you're not happy. So you, then again, that comes from the top down, right? So from yeah. a standpoint of, you know, what are the clear values that you are driving the business decisions by? What are the clear metrics and who is accountable for them? Yeah. Um, I would ask, what's, what is one of the things that uh, situations like that have taught you about yourself? What's one of the biggest lessons you've learned about who Patricia Waldron is and, and at your core as you kind of face these challenges uh, with these different brands and individuals and and uh, organizations, what's something that that's really drawn out of you? I think since I left the corporate world, and I, I like to say that my my goal now is to do interesting projects with people I like. Um, since I left the corporate world, what I found is when you consult, when you work for yourself, sometimes I think you become a better executive because you have uh, your own constraints that you're managing to. Um, and you have to do that in a very careful way in order to manage your business, satisfy your customers. And for me, my guiding principle at this point is I, I want to work with people who I have synergy with. So yeah. keeping those things front, um, top of mind is to me very, very important. And also That's is um, important for me as I learned early on, and I get asked this a lot by people I mentor, you know, what job should I take next? How should I move my career? What, you know, how do I develop my career? And I tell them they have to come up with their own criteria, right? Um, yeah. And for me over the years, it was two things. One, it was I wanted to be able to learn something from a new opportunity. I wanted to gain a skill, uh, a new segment, a new technology, a new geography, whatever it was. I wanted to have something where I could broaden my um, my area of expertise. And then at the same time, my second criteria is, was there something I could bring to the table to make an immediate contribution to the organization? Um, mm. So from that perspective, that's how I look at accepting opportunities. That's how I look at um, careers, really anything. So I look at it as a combination of give and get. Yeah. No, I think that's a great filter to run everything through is, is you got to look at it as, as are you excited to be here? If not, you know, like if, if it's i uh, I've heard it, positioned otherwise if it's not a heck yes it's an absolutely not you know That's so a great way to say it you, you gotta you gotta love what you're doing or else you know is it really worth it so yeah um well and speaking of being excited about things 
let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the current state of retail and kind of what's mm. there's a ton going on in retail right now. So what is is there one area or one topic or or service or product that just kind of gets you excited right now? What's what are you what are you seeing in the retail industry that just really gets you going? I think we're lucky enough to be living through a transformative technology age. Mm-hmm. Um, small things have happened. We went from you know centralized computer to distributed computing. We're back to centralized. We had digital. We had um, we had uh, digital retail. We had e-commerce. We went from green screens to very beautiful front ends, like we're seeing here. Um, yep. What's happening behind the scenes now with uh, artificial intelligence, generative AI, new technologies that are going to change the way that uh, change the way that you interact with your customers, the way you empower your employees, the way you optimize your op- operations, and the way that you produce products is going to change the industry completely. I don't know yeah. every facet of it, but I think if you're not if you're a retailer or a vendor and you're not looking at auditing all of your processes and watching new technologies as they come out and determining how you can plug them into your processes to make things better for any one of those constituencies, that you're quite foolish because yeah. the industry is going to completely transform. Just yeah, as it, yeah, just as it transformed when Amazon started selling stuff online. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting to me to see how, you know, some new task or not task, but a new project, new tool comes out and uh, the, the mind, the hive mindset just kind of immediately <laughs> jumps to that one thing. Is there an area that you see people are not paying attention to with when it comes to generative AI or machine learning, anything like that? Is there an area that you're kind of seeing uh, maybe we should pay a little more attention over here? Uh, maybe we should watch these these uh, ethics or or any other you know protective measures uh, is there anything like that yes absolutely i think we have to look at it like it's a tool and mm-hmm. it's just a tool how it's used and how it's interpreted is going to take a whole new set of processes um, carefulness and uh, vigilance on the side of both people who create solutions and those who use it User-generated content is going to be hugely impacted. Can you know if it's true or not, right? If it's a, um, who it's coming from, is it true? Where did it come from? What's the purpose behind it? I think that's going to be huge. I think we focus a lot on the, um, the front end, the consumer-facing piece, especially with all of this new technology. I think the back end a lot of times is um, not focused on as much. I think making procedures more optimized for the people who use them is going to be a real help for companies in the future. And I'm not quite sure that they're taking advantage of it as much as they are looking at things that can help on the front end, like bots and uh, cool looking avatars and all kinds of different uh, digital selling and streaming selling and that kind of thing. So I think uh, balancing front and back end will be key. Yeah, absolutely. Investing in those deeper resources that, that the customer doesn't always see uh, to make sure that you are on that front edge constantly and not only now, but uh, for years to come. And you can't yeah. fulfill your brand promise and let, you know, if you're talking to people about your 
what your brand stands for and you can't fulfill it because you have broken promises on the back end relating to your inventory, your supply chain, your delivery, um, your service levels, it's, it's a failure. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, on, on the heels of that, I would just say like, you know, you bring up a great topic. There's a whole new skill set. There's a whole new uh, expertise that's just really emerging right now. It's just really coming out. Um, we don't really even know much of what that looks like. Uh, we, we've we've barely tapped into what's coming. Um, is there a, a certain characteristic set or skill set that you see maybe would be important for people just trying to get into retail nowadays and really uh, you know, coming on board, not only maybe to the industry or to one specific fe- you know, field or area within retail, um, are there any things that you would just advise them to, to really keep front of mind? Um, maybe even as far as to say, are there certain jobs that uh, people should be looking at uh, in order to, to really be on that front edge of uh, retail for years to come? I think curiosity is one of the biggest characteristics that a successful leader can have, right? And good leaders, A players hire A players, B players hire C players. So Mm. from my perspective, if you're a a leader, you have to make sure that you're competent, that you're constantly curious, that you're looking out in the market and you're having people investigate things on your behalf and bring good good ideas back to you. You have to be clear. Um, and setting your goals, your parameters, giving feedback in a timely manner. And most, I think you have to be a human. I think simple acts of humanity are what set you apart from a leadership standpoint. Yeah, Yeah, you can definitely see the difference between organizations who have that human element to them and and really stick to those roots versus ones who maybe uh, evolve quickly uh, thanks to a certain explosive technology or, or service that they have Maybe it's a product they developed, but uh, you know, when it comes back to the people, uh, it, it's really the thing that sets everybody apart. So I think curiosity is a fantastic, fantastic thing to keep in mind. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. We've seen many examples of those people who come out with something disruptive and then the company ends up imploding for reasons where their technology was not utilized properly or they failed to, um, they failed to consider the employees. Mm. Yeah, and I, and I think that that's, that's another area where, you know, we're talking about such uh, quickly evolving technology right now. Right. First to market doesn't necessarily mean you're always going to be in the market either, you know, and I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned probably as, uh, as these different services and brands roll out um, the different tools for both a customer facing or an internal facing um, I think it's going to be really good to to kind of keep in mind that, hey, just because you might be first to market with something, uh, you, you better keep developing and, and uh, you know, learn the lessons from the others who also go before you, too. A fast follower is not a bad thing. Yeah. Bleeding yeah. edge is another story, right? You can be very successful with that. There's been many companies who are fast fo- followers like Microsoft who have been a leader for many years in time in a very um, disruptive field. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, is there is there one piece of advice? Let's get a little, little deep on this one here. What is one piece of advice that you wish you would have had or that, that you would tell yourself if you could go back 20 years and, and tell yourself uh, in retail or just in life? What's one piece of advice that you'd give? I would say 
it would be to realize that your journey is going to look different than everybody else's and that it may not be a continual upward trend, (laughs) that it may go up, down, sideways, back and forth. But as long as you're learning something new and making a contribution along the way, it's good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit of your journey with us and, uh, and just telling us a little bit about that. I know you comment on our content, uh, on our daily discussions on Retail Wire. You're commenting pretty regularly on there at least a few times a week. And so uh, if people want to get to know you better, uh, how can they find you? They've, I would imagine LinkedIn is probably a good place to connect with you or, or is there another great avenue for you? Yeah, I love LinkedIn. I think it's... Um... It's a perfect place for people to connect, and I do comment on Retail Wire. I think the discussions are always insightful, and a lot of times I share those on my LinkedIn page too because I think um, think others would be interested in, in what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, thanks again for being with us. Uh, I think that wraps up our episode, so uh, be sure and stick around. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, mash that subscribe button right now because I'm going to be introducing even more great people like Patricia here. And uh, you're going to get to meet the Brain Trust. You're going to get to hear from uh, other business leaders as well. Patricia, I can't wait to include you also as maybe a co-host with me at some point on this uh, to interview some big people. So That would be a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've got some good stuff lined up. So be sure and subscribe. And uh, don't don't forget, you can also find us on any of your podcast platforms as well as YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. So uh, we'll see you next time here on the Retail Wire podcast. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to the Retail Wire podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a comment for a chance to hear it read on the next show. See you next time here on the Retail Wire podcast.